the first book of Samuel, Hannah sings a song unto the Lord, a song of uh, magnifying God and thanking him. It's a song of praise. There is a mirror of that song in the New Testament in the book of Luke where Mary uh, gets the word from God that she will be the mother of the Messiah and she begins to magnify the Lord. Um, there are songs of victory uh, like Miriam's song in the book of Exodus uh, where she talks about the horse and the rider being thrown into the sea as chosen captains drowned and that kind of thing. So there are songs that are, were sung. They were actually songs of praise that were given by the Holy Spirit to celebrate certain things. In in the worship that we are talking about in prophetic worship, there are songs that celebrate the wedding feast of the Lamb, the marriage feast of the Lamb. And they are songs of the bride and the bridegroom where the bridegroom is actually calling the bride unto himself. <clears throat> this is such a wonderful thing because there's so much in in life that has to do with Sex, but not romance. You got me? And there is a big difference. That's why most of us come running to God. huh? Because we've had sex, but no romance, so to speak. Or for real. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I tell people, I tell anybody, I tell my husband to my face. My husband was sexy, but not necessarily romantic. Well, those of you too young for this, go to bed. Jeez. I mean, you can't even talk English around here to people snowmobile. They look at you like you. Huh? But there's a difference. That's why when you meet Jesus behind your husband's back, he's very jealous. Because Jesus is romantic. Amen. You can have sexy, but you still long for romantic. And I'm going to stop it right there, okay? So y'all know what I'm talking about. My husband learned to be romantic. And I did too. After we met the Lord, amen? So you can learn this, but you'll never top the romance of God. You just won't top it. You won't top it. Y'all waiting for me to say something else. I'm not filling that blank in. You can make up your mind about what you think is coming. <laughs> but anyway. Well, it takes time to learn how to be romantic with a person. And sometimes you, you don't really get it right. But God has it right already because he's got us figured out. He made us to be complete only in him. But because of the way people are in their fallen state, in their wounded state, even after we're born again, huh? it's hard for him to get us to trust and to just lay down everything and serve him. And so he has to draw us. Huh? Draw us through the wooing. Huh? Now you men out of there, I don't care if you married, not married, ain't thinking about marriage, you gay, 
whatever you call yourself today, you need to take notes. <laughs> and the women too. <laughs> huh? We need to. Because we need to learn how to get trust from one another. How to, I don't care how many books are written about submission, you'll never submit to somebody you don't love or think loves you. You forget it. Huh? You can submit by faith, believing that God will work it out for you. But it ain't the same thing as really trusting someone. Sila. Hmm. True. So the romance people have to learn. You learn one another. You learn how to talk to one another, how to please one another, how to gain one another's trust, etc., etc. God doesn't have to do that because He created us to be complete only in Him. So there has to be a spiritual completeness, a spiritual wooing a spiritual interaction with God that brings us to the place of contentment no matter what state we're in. You know, many human beings don't know how to be content. You know, you have to learn contentment. And God really is the only one who can make you content no matter what condition you're in, in the natural. You know, because really, if you, you know, we, we might say, uh, we ain't got a barrel of money, you know, that kind of stuff, yeah. <laughs> side by side. You know, the most songs about, you know, whether we're rich or we're poor, or, you know, that kind of stuff. We got each other. and I could have a seizure just thinking about it, man. Come on now. How long we going to just have each other? Because even if you just... Just halfway read your Bible, you see God has more for you. Amen. Huh? <laughs> I'm just messing with y'all. But God's the only one that can make us feel content no matter what state we're in. You know, you think about it, you say, God, I'm really rich. My sins are forgiven. I'm on my way to heaven. Nothing can, can move me from serving you. The devil tried to kill me. He can't do it. I'm more than a conqueror. You've done all this for me. See, that'll put you way over the top. And that's just one of the many ways that God uses to draw us to him. But the prophetic song is another way to do it. Because many times people don't understand the deep love that God has for us. And it's not to be uh, confused with natural love. Which, which really is, is needed by all of us, but it's on a different level. It, it satisfies us on a different level than the love of God does. But I can tell you this, if you have the love of God, natural love pales in comparison to it. It's a very distant second uh, compared to the love of God. And that is for men and for women. Uh, you know, my prayer is that we would all find a greater depth to the love of God than we've ever known before. And understand how really, really, really deeply he loves us and cares for us. So in the Song of Solomon, I just picked one of the verses out in chapter 2, verse 1. Uh, I'm sorry, 2, verse 8. It says, the voice of my beloved. That's what we, we hear in the song of the Lord, the song of the bride and the bridegroom. It's the voice of my beloved. 
Behold, he comes leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. Now, can you see some brother doing that? Oh, baby, I just... Can you come pick me up? I mean... This brother's supposed to be all excited and carrying on, and he just hop, skipping, and jumping over to see you. Says my beloved is like a roe, that's a you know a deer or a young heart. Behold, he stands behind our wall. He looks forth at the window, showing himself through the lattice. He looking for this sister, huh? And this is not stalking either. You got me. There's some creepy guys who will follow you around and look for you. All right, you guys in the back, pay attention now, please. So I want you distracting this. It's very important. In fact, both of you brothers back there can take out a pen and pencil and make some notes. He said, my beloved spake and said unto me, rise up, my love, my fair one, come away. Huh? Well, I thought we could come by your place and that. No, you come and get me and take me somewhere. He thought wrong. For lo, the winter is past. The rain is over and gone. In other words, hard times are behind us. Difficulties are behind us. When the bridegroom calls his bride, it's to let you know that the trouble is past. He's got no trouble. He's not calling for you because you didn't cook his meal, make them biscuits right, or some other nonsense. This ain't the time for that. Huh? This is not the time for that. He said, the flowers appear on the earth. The time of the singing of birds has come. In other words, I just want you to sit back and enjoy the music. See? Let's see, y'all went off on the sea. What I tell you about sexy but not romantic? It's the birds singing to lift your heart up, to make you feel lighthearted, to make you forget about your troubles and your difficulties and your woes. Amen. And this is a place you can visit with God anytime you want to. Say Barry White for another time. <laughs> he says the time of singing of birds is come and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. A cooing of the turtle dove. That bird makes a different sound than any other bird you'll ever hear. When you hear a dove, it, he speaks out of his throat, you know, in a deep throaty way. And he says, the fig tree puts forth her green figs. The vines with the tender grape give a good smell. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. O oh, my dove, thou art in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the stairs. Let me see your face. This is what the Lord is asking. Just give me one look. Just let me look at you one time. He said, let me hear your voice. For sweet is your voice and your countenance is comely. 
Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. In other words, we want to protect what we have. My beloved is mine and I am his. He feeds among the lilies. Until the daybreak and the shadows flee away, turn, my beloved, and be thou like a roe or a young heart upon the mountains. So <clears throat> here's this, this, these two um, people in love are talking about how their love affects one another. They're calling to one another, calling to one another in tender ways. Amen? Yes, in sweet ways. You know, nothing... Uh, like the rappers. You understand what I'm saying? You see how the devil is so perverted relationships and so perverted our, our opinions about one another. And people lower themselves to live out the level of those opinions. Huh? They do. So you, you live at the level of the person that you associate yourself closely with. Pray for somebody that you can elevate and they'll elevate you. Amen. Pray that you don't need a lot of elevation on your own. Because some of us wear people out, them trying to keep us pumped up all the time. Amen. So pray that you will be the kind of person who can enhance that other person's life. That you'll be able to lift them up. That you'll see good in them. That you'll see that they have plans for their life. And you want to support their plan. Not so much get them to, to finance yours. Because it's all about the Benjamins now. I figured it out. With this generation that's all it be about. Huh? Who's going to let me have a money? Huh? What kind of job they got so they can get the money? Listen, my husband eventually had a good job, and I want to think that I helped support him to the point where he got there. He was very small when I met him, and so was I. But I saw he wanted to go forward, and I stepped back, and I encouraged what he was doing because we both couldn't rise at the same time. Hmm? Sometimes you have to know who you are enough to know that you can give somebody else a boost up. You got me? It's not always about you and what you want. <clears throat> and while I'm at it, a man is not called to finance his wife's vision. He's called to finance his own vision. God puts it in his heart where that family's going to go, how they're going to live, what they're going to live off of, all of the above. And he will work and finance his own vision. Need no help with all that. He needs help. Just stay out the way, you know, for the most part and, and encourage him. And when he, he feels down, don't step on him. Huh? Well, I told you we shouldn't have been doing that. That's what you get. See, you ain't listen to me. Huh? And vice versa, a woman's not a doormat to just let you go do what you want to do. You need to find out if she's happy the way the vision is going. Because many times a wife can help you modify the vision to fit the whole family picture. But you got to come with something first, okay? Come up here with nothing. 
Huh? That's why families don't go very far. That nonsense. Well, how much you got on your debit card? Well, I don't know. What, what can we get with this? What can we get? It's just appalling. It's very appalling. Nobody in charge and everybody trying to get over on everybody else. Bunch of nonsense. on page 59 of your prophetic people volume 2 now we've already established that prophetic people have a desire and a hunger for the song of the Lord now you'll find different re responses and reactions to prophetic music now in, in, our, in our conferences we tend to have drawn the people that really appreciate it mostly you know, you can tell the ones that are used to half-hour praise and worship uh, because they lead it all the time. And they're tired after, you know, 20 minutes. And so, you know, we've had some of them float in and out. Mostly they float out. You got me? Because they can't handle an hour of worshiping God. How are you a songwriter and you can't worship God more than 20 minutes? And by yourself. Uh, that's where you get inspired mostly is in your, your secret place. And so we, you know, you have to develop a hunger for that and a desire for it. We've had ministers that, that want to get up and, and walk around during praise and worship because it's too long. When are they going to give me my time? Well, you don't get no time. Because this whole meeting is God's time anyway. I don't know where you thought you got time. It ain't your time. Right. What God gives you is yours. Right. And he gives you your portion to, to, to minister what he puts on your heart to minister. You don't got no time of your own. Amen. Amen. And you don't call any shots. If this worship is too long for you, then we will say adios. Nice knowing you. It's been real. But we only do what God wants us to do. Because we want to hear from God. I don't know who you think you're hearing from in a half hour. But we want to hear from God. And so you have to give God time to touch and reach everybody in the meeting. You have to give him time to minister to the hearts of people. Sometimes people, some people are, are very uh, quick to respond to God. Some people take a while. You know, God wants everybody to experience him in worship. So this is why we all gather together and we do what we do so that we can draw everybody in. Amen. Some people are changed dramatically through prophecy and through the song of the Lord. Sometimes people will get an understanding. You know what? God really does care about me. Oh, that was me. That sounded like what, what I went through in that song. That's how I got here. That's how I got to this meeting, that kind of thing. And so God wants to talk to people. Maybe it's not for you all the time what's in the song, but it's for somebody. And that's what we have to do. We have to have patience with what God is doing and understanding. When it's coming from heaven, it's all good. Amen. It's all good. So we have an ear to hear the song of the Lord. We want to be united with God in worship. Many times we want to keep the the feeling that we we get in corporate worship. You wish that you could have that all the time. Many times what I experience in, in the meetings, and, and this is why I like four days or three days of meetings straight through back to back, 
no interruption, no TV, no stupidity, nobody getting on my nerves. You understand what I'm saying. You just want to be in the zone and stay in the zone and, and, and flow there. You know, there are times when I'll get home and I'll say, I feel like I've been gone for like a month. Or you lose contact with natural time because you've been submerged in the spirit of God where there is no time. So when you're really flowing in the spirit and you're in the spirit of God, you have no awareness of time, problems, who likes you, who don't like you. You love everybody. You could care less. You don't see why everybody don't love you. You understand what I'm saying? It's being totally submerged in that atmosphere so that it changes you. It's got to change you. It's got to put something new inside of you that you never experienced before. So God being the romantic that he is, he knows how to draw us back with chords of love and songs of love. And those are the, the, the really revealing things, I think. I think I've, I've gotten more from uh, the bride and bridegroom songs as far as trusting God and desiring more relationship and more fellowship with him because of these. It's something about that wall of fear that's broken down, that wall of, well, I don't want to get too close to God because he's going to see something. I don't want him to know this about that kind of thing. That, that partition that your flesh puts up. That thing gets kind of torn away where you know he sees you anyway and he loves what he sees. You got me? And so <laughs> it's like you young women don't know nothing about this. But, you know, you get to be 40 and your husband winks at you. That's an accomplishment. Huh? It's like, oh, baby, I'm too fat. Come on, I like that. Let me see. Oh, I like all that. You got me? And so it's deeper than that. That's just a superficial level on which humans live. But God sees your sin. He sees your weaknesses, your insecurities, your backbiting, your lying, your everything. And he says, come here. Come here. Let me love you anyway you need you know what i'm saying he loves you anyway he loves us anyway uh -huh. and he wants to bring you close to him so that you can put off the nonsense that you live in every day and put off the fear of you know and in, in wondering what somebody else thinks about you and Wondering when you're going to get this and when this is going to happen. He wants you to put all of that off and just come and sit down and let him look at your face. Huh? Just let me look into your face. He said, because you're worth looking at. I proved that to you already, but I'm going to reiterate it. You're worth looking at. You got me? And so these things are, you can't buy. You can't, this is beyond some kind of made up song that that's very popular that people sing all the time this is beyond that I mean those songs are good because they get you into the understanding of who God is on a certain level but you want to hear from his heart exactly how he feels about you and so <clears throat> page 59 it says the 
there was we talked about the sound of abundance of rain. I think we played that one of the other sessions. Now this song was to bring comfort to people regarding a natural economic situation. The song of the Lord is very specific to the time in which we live, the problems that we are facing. It can be problems that we're facing in a, a certain culture or a certain country, a certain economy. Or it can be a, a, a just an overall general sense of comfort about what he's going to do for us, period. He can bring that to us. So it was about natural a natural economic situation that was the the um uh the crash of 2008 and people were comforted to know that God has provision for his people in spite of the economy and he actually said there was an abundance coming amen an abundance now how many of you have experienced an increase in God's provision since that time yeah most of us have amen so <clears throat> he prepares your hearts, he gives you faith, he tells you what to expect. But his songs are also given to bring comfort regarding our relationship with him. Yeah. Now I can tell you relationship, it, it, that tops uh, results in fruit yeah. of faith in material things any day. Mm -hmm. The fact that you are valued yeah. and you know you're valued by God is the foundation of your faith. See, your faith won't work unless you know his love. If you don't know your love, your faith won't work. You can't extract faith from the other fruit of the Spirit and think you can work it. It won't work. Faith works by love. Faith works through patience and determination to keep it strong. You got me? And so there are many helpers that your faith needs, but at the end of the day, do you know why he's doing these things for you? Do you really know that he loves you? Are you still trying to get him to love you? Are you still trying to get other people to love you? Or are you still trying to prove you don't care if they don't love you? Just a thought. See, we flip our insecurities upside down in one way and then the other, you know, depending on what the devil wants to tell us today. Huh? The haters at the gate hate you first. Huh? And they'll make you turn on yourself and defy God to try and love you. I'm going to say it again. Because the chronic backslider really is defying God to try and love him. See, I'd rather know I'm loved any day than to have a big ministry, to have a bunch of money, to have any of that stuff. Now that stuff you can get. And you can get it from God. Didn't he tell that, that guy, the guy said, I've done this in your name, that in my name, and that in your name. And he said, depart from me. I never was intimate with you. I never knew you. I never looked in your face. You never responded to any of my song of the Lord love songs because that concept is so foreign to you that somebody would love you. So you spend most of your life defying me to love you. He loves us anyway. He said, look at that. Trying to push me away. Come on here. <clears throat> huh? And some people are very good at it. Some people are very good at it. 
So in the Song of Solomon, we see a picture of romantic love. God also desires to romance his beloved. That's how you are convinced of his love is through romance. There's always or usually in romantic transactions, there's usually some gift given. Just saying. See, I hate saying stuff like this. Because then I look like, like some gold digger or something, huh? right? Yeah, right, right, right. I hear y'all talking about me like that. But covenant speaking, in covenant terms, there had to be some kind of transaction to signify, memorialize. Amen. Oh, there you go. Huh? How deep is your love? Huh? <laughs> you, know, just, you have to punctuate these things with a with a gift. Didn't God tell us that? Not when you would come into his presence. Don't forget your present. He always gives you a present when you come into his presence. I wish I could have known this like 30 years ago. I could have worked this, Miss Tony. I could have worked this like you would not believe. I know, and he escaped. Drat you, husband. (laughs) He probably sitting up there laughing. He said, look, Lord, I made it. She didn't get my gold out of my teeth. She didn't get it. All right. So God, God does this through the song of the Lord. But seriously, though, just saying, you know, a gift is appropriate. Huh? Women do get weary wearing the same. Okay. All right. So. Huh? (laughs) Okay. Of course, in that song, they said when she's weary, they didn't tell you to try a gift. They said try a little tenderness. Like you can take that to the bank. Huh? Find that for me, little Howard, before we, before we finish for the day. Find that song for me somewhere. Huh? I'll tell you where to play it. Okay, so <clears throat> we'll take Mr. Otis Redding's version, if you don't mind. okay so the song of the lord so do you have that one this is what i do to show that i love you it's a good one
say to you? He says, this is what I do to show I love you. This is what I do to show I love you. I call you from the east, and I call you from the west. Praise God. So you can see that. Now, what do you think God does to show he loves us from the song? He draws us, finds people. He invites them. They see a flyer with a face. He says, come on in so you can hear what I have to say. And this is the, the importance that we know we have in God. He has a way of finding each and every one of us and bring us into himself. He calls us. He calls us his beloved. He draws us close to him. All of these things he does to show that he loves us. 
But if he didn't tell us what he was doing, we'd miss it. We'd look at it as something mandatory. We'd look at it as something boring. We'd look at some somebody's making me go. I don't want to go, that kind of thing. And so God has to explain many times to people how they get to a certain place if they don't understand, how they, they, are, they wind up there. And that's for people who come on a regular. That's for you too. He's drawing you even though... You're committed to the meetings through the ministry and all that kind of stuff, but you are still being drawn by God's Holy Spirit. Amen. The fact that you wouldn't miss it means that he's drawing you. Amen. And that you're responding. So he wants to show us how much he loves us. He shows us that he adorns us in what he wants us to wear. He's got righteousness, he's got purity and holiness. He's got power, he's got purpose. All of those things he adorns us with. And he loves to see us dressed up in what he gives us. That's the beauty thing about God. And there's nothing, when, you, when you're dressed in what God adorns you with, there's no flaw in what you're wearing. You can never find fault in the way that you are. You, you quit criticizing yourself. You quit looking at yourself after the outward appearance. But you look at yourself inside and you find that, you know what? God's finding no fault with me. I guess I'll make up my mind to love me too. You got me? And so all of these things, <clears throat> amen. And so all of these things God does to show us that he loves us. So we have an older bride and bridegroom song there. Um, this one also is a... Now in these songs you'll find a pattern, so to speak, of God speaking to somebody, but they not quite respond. You know, I mean, there's a resistance, and it's that, that it's acting out and telling what happens when you come into the presence of the Lord. There's this, this what we said was the wall of the flesh, this veil that has to be ripped open, and it has to come undone, and God has to draw us out from behind the veil so that we can come fully into his presence and begin to be transformed. He does it so that he can rub off on us, so to speak, you know, and, and uh, that kind of thing. And so it's very real intimacy with God. And there's a transfer of his presence and his essence and his fruit and his ability, his strength onto us in every encounter with God when we yield ourselves totally in worship. So I'll, I'll let you hear this one. This one's a little bit. When was this for like from two? two Okay, all righty. Okay. Thank you. 
Amen. So that's a different call to worship, one where the, the, the bride that's being called feels unworthy. Amen. And the, the bridegroom is doing the calling, and that's the proper way that relationships should go. Um, amen. It's just the truth of it, because one of the reasons that marriages don't last very long is that a lot of them are just orchestrated by the devil. You got me? Uh, women are way too aggressive. Uh, they're way too brazen. They're way too bold. They're not, um, you know, uh, kind of waiting for the man to make up his mind. They get in there and make it up for him. And that leads to a lot of trouble because you, you just can't, you can't build a relationship when it's upside down. Uh, if, if you're, you're never sure if that, that man loves you and he's never sure if he loves you because there's too much manipulation and too much orchestration involved in it. And so, uh, <clears throat> amen, you, you'll have enough time for, for shenanigans after you get married. You got me? <laughs> but before, it needs to be a decision that's made. If a man is looking for a wife, you know, he'll find her. A lot of times men are not looking. They're not looking for a wife, that's for sure. They're looking for something else. And, and then the woman tries to turn it into a marriage through manipulation. And so you, you can't do things that way and have romance and have it work out and have trust and have love. It's just not workable like that. So you, you have to make sure that things are done properly. And you see when a woman is loved, she sometimes feels unworthy to respond to that. And so that, that's part of romance as well, is that there's an invitation given and there's a response to it where that person responding seems to be somewhat overwhelmed that that person really loves them. And I think that's the way it is between us and the Lord. You know, we, we feel quite unworthy uh, for this great love and, and to be in his presence. And I think that's why sometimes we, we have the problems that we have because we try to do too much apart from God. And so this at least lets us know that we are invited into his presence and we are loved for once and for all. Amen. You know that you're welcome there because he's made it possible for you to be in his presence. He's summoned you. Uh, into his throne room. So if we got, can we do the last one? That'll be the last thing we do. We got enough time on there, little Howard, for... Okay, so we'll do the last. This one's more recent. This song is a little unusual in that <clears throat> it appears to be God provoking the bride to qualify herself. And I think that's a different aspect of drawing into, into the relationship. Uh, this is for a bride who's maybe been wounded by the words of the enemy, wounded by unworthiness, and then God provokes her to tell her, tell him that she knows she has a reason to be there and, and who she is. And so that's quite different from what we've had. Before we've had this reluctant, shy bride, but now we've got somebody who knows God to some degree, and she's probably needing to get, get free herself up into that understanding of who she is by making prophetic declaration about what God's already told her, who she is, but maybe she's forgotten, she's not operating in it, she's not doing what she's supposed to do, and she begins to come awake unto who she is in Christ. So, so you can uh, play that one. I want to let you know, too, that when we do these songs of the Lord, 
on my part, I only get maybe the music and a few words of the music. I don't get a whole prophecy when I go up there and talk to Pastor Tony and give him those few words. That's all I have. The rest of it has to come by faith. These things are done by faith. So I don't have a whole song memorized in my head that I do. These are done, uh, you know, God gives you one word, you spit that out, and hopefully there's more behind it. Amen? So this is a faith thing. So it's, it's, that's the way it's done. You'll notice, too, I see better with Brenda because she knows a key that she can find for me. For some reason, she can do it and <laughs> nobody else. I don't bug them to do it. I just, you know, it's not worth it to me to stand there and do all this stuff but anyway that uh, some people you'll find that you just can sing with you know what I'm saying so praise the Lord so we'll go to the last one and that'll be what we have praise God come on and worship Word of 
the Lord, the evil prince will bow. For I am more than what I look like. I fool everybody that walks by me. I am power and grace. I am the pride of the end of the age. I am adorned with every jewel and every gift and every essence from your lips. I hear your words and I come running to you. I am your beloved bride. I am right by your side. As we ride through the earth, declaring the word of deliverance and peace. For I love you like no other. I wait at your feet for your word. I minister to you till you release me with power. And I go forth at your command throughout the land. Declaring the King of Kings has come to set the captives free. For I know you and you know me. Yes, I know who I am. I am your beloved. And I will prophesy at your command. I wait for your command. So that's the bride that's listening. Every time he speaks to her, she records it and she acts it out every day. And she lives for the king so that he can adorn her, not with things just to look at the outer, but things on the inner so she can go and bring deliverance and salvation and healing and wholeness to the world. Amen. So that's really what it's all about. Praise God. We've been wooed into a romantic relationship with the Lord that he might empower us to go out and do his ministry. So that's why I feel unless you really understand the love of God, you, it, there, you have nothing to sustain you through this life, through this world, through ministry. I don't care how much you cast out in his name, you cast in in his name, whatever you do. If you don't have that relationship where he's number one, everything else pales in comparison, then there's no foundation that's going to sustain you. Amen. So while we take our quiz, we can pass those out. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 Amen.